Gotham, a crazy podcast about DC, with your host E-Rock and PD, when we speak up, get your geeks up, cause you know you about to get geeked up, so sit back, relax, and get comfy, lose your mind like Solomon Grundy, and listen to a show that won't be forgotten, coming straight out of Gotham. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the special edition of SOG Tonight. It, yes, I know it is not nighttime. It is 12.15 on the East Coast. So this is kind of a lunch brunch type deal we're throwing at you. We had time to do it, and we wanted to do bring you guys something differently. So here we are. Let me bring Pete in right away. Hello, Peter. Hey, what's going on? I'm good. How are you, man? I'm good, good. A little, uh, well, it's a little early for us. Right, like this is not a this is not a normal thing we do, but uh, you know we had the time and we wanted to discuss. Uh, well, we wanted to discuss, discuss Scream Six, so we figured we would come out do it this way, uh, give people maybe a midday break if you're on your lunch break at work, you want to check us out, it'd be fun, interact with us here, have a good time, and uh, we're going to get into it. And we'll also do our normal show. So we're going to have the similar topics we discussed on the podcast. We'll do that here as well. And then I will put that out. That po- I'll create a podcast out of that and post the audio for you guys to listen to. So if, you, if you're here, you want to listen to it later. If you're not here, don't worry. We're going to post it as a podcast. You can listen to it on the back end. So let's get into it. Uh, Pete, now I saw the movie on Thursday night. Like I, I had to go see Scream Six before everyone else because I knew the spoilers would be crazy right away. That pisses me off. So I was really? like, I didn't even, I didn't encounter any. I saw it on Sunday. Yeah. So I was worried. I was just worried about it. So I'm like, let me get out there. Let me see the movie real quick. Uh, I posted a little mini review, guys. If you guys um, follow us, obviously uh, in this Facebook group, I posted a little mini review after. So uh, you got to see that. Uh, firsthand got to see my instant reaction when the movie ended uh, i did it right from the car then a whole other thing a whole other ordeal happened after that but we don't need to <laughs> we don't need to get into it um so yeah what just give your first impressions what did you think um i thought the movie was really good i thought the action was really good i thought the script was really good um the, i think the twist sucks I thought it's the worst twist in any screen movie and it's just because i didn't care about how it was all tied together uh-huh. um I guess we'll just go right into spoilers. Yeah, guys, we're, we're going to spoil. So if you don't right, so want to... Spoiler free. So you have like four seconds, three, two, one. Okay. <laughs> um, I just didn't care. I, I didn't care about Richie in the, in the last movie. So like when he was with a killer and died, I was like, oh, this is great. I don't care about this character. I'm kind of glad he's the killer and died. So now that his family wants revenge, I still don't care. And I was like, okay, whatever. Everything else seemed really cool, and I kind of was really into it. But, um, yeah, the whole Richie's family coming back as the killers was the only thing I didn't like. Um, but I think that's the only thing that's wrong with the movie. I think overall it was a really good, like, whodunit, like, murder mystery type deal, and I enjoyed it, all the aspects in the city. But I just didn't, I don't care about Richie and his family at all. Well, that I mean, he was the killer from the last movie, man, and we got to know him a little bit. So yeah, I know, but like he was always like, he's always one of those characters where you just suspected him from the beginning. 
You know, like I was always very like, I was like it's, you know, it's always the boyfriend, right? Right. So, it kind of yeah. That was my one issue that I had with with the last film was that they kind of stuck to what the first movie had, where the boyfriend turned out to be the killer. And well, then this one is the same with Scream Two because it's the parent coming back to get the revenge for the death of the child. So yeah. it's like it's it's You're a right. weird like I I, I kind of like how they make them similar to the the original series. I just, you know, I just thought that the twist was a little weak. Yeah, I kind of buy that. I kind of agree with that. Uh, that was one of the things I was kind of, like, they do a good job before that of making you guess. Like, there's, yeah. a, there's a lot of people, you, this is not, it wasn't an easy one for me to peg. I kind of knew that the cop, that Mulroney's character, I forget his name in the film, but Jeremy Mulroney's character, Bailey. I kind of knew he wasn't, yeah. Officer Bailey. So, yeah, yeah, I kind of knew he was involved. I kind of knew there was something with him going on. Uh, but they do a good job when they bring in Kirby. They kind of make you think she's crazy, so that could be her. Yeah. Like, they do a I really think, good job of that. I do think the one thing that's a little weird to me is Mindy getting stabbed in the subway. Like, why does uh, Richie's brother, like, help her out? Like, I don't know why. It, you know, like, Mindy, I was like, I feel like he just should have killed Mindy. Like, why did why did they let Mindy survive? I love Mindy and Chad. They're probably my favorite of the new characters. Mm-hmm. But um, I was just surprised. Like, once the movie ends and you know all the information, you're like, having Mindy live doesn't make sense. Considering both of them were there, one of them should have killed her. <laughs> like, there's no point well, yeah. in living once they're all in the, in the death trap. Like, once Mindy's, like, stabbed in the subway with the decoy, you're like, oh, well, why is she still alive? <laughs> it's true. It is kind of weird why he helped her. I don't know what he was trying to... I mean, I guess he didn't want to get have someone dead, like, in midday on the... <laughs> or to, that on the, on the train, they were kind of just like, okay, uh-huh. you know, let him, let him keep up the ruse. But it, well, that was a very good... That's a very good... Um, and I was, I, I'll say this as... These directors are probably from California... So the two biggest mistakes they made while trying to make a movie about New York City is one, no bodega owner is going to get taken out by a guy in a costume. Like, it's not going to happen. Those guys in the bodegas are the toughest dudes in the world. And uh, those guys don't get mugged. You get mugged. Uh, (laughs) Like, I just say, as someone who is frequently in a bodega, those are some of the toughest guys ever. And um, they don't miss when they shoot you. Um, And number two is... Um, everyone is constantly paying attention on the subway. No one is that oblivious to what is going on. Everyone's head is always on a swivel and the New York city has been clean for like 30 years. So it's not really that bad anymore, but so everyone pays attention on the subway. So for Mindy to get stabbed and no one notice it is the uh, most unrealistic thing ever as someone who travels the subway frequently. Well, that, that, yeah, that was another thing also, because they're, there's like a couple sleeping like right there. Like you see the girl sitting, she's sitting on the thing, sleeping like that, like right there. And I'm like, there's no way she wouldn't have heard. It's not even, not even those people, the rest of the people around you, like you, you stood on the subway to go to various sporting events or whatever in the city dinner or whatnot. You, you always are aware of everyone around you. Cause you're always afraid someone's going to pick your wallet or your phone it's True. or like, you're always constantly aware. So for everyone to just kind of be like, Oh, this is it. Even when the subway is flickering, <laughs> like, like it did in the movie. Um, if someone is, you know, getting stabbed <laughs> to death, <laughs> you would, uh, you'd notice. So those and that was kind of an old, yeah, that's kind of an old style thing too, right? Like th- that doesn't really happen on the subway anymore. I haven't, 
I haven't told you the last time I've ridden a subway where it's gone completely dark for that long. Like it was kind of a long time. I've been in some subways like that, but most but, people who die in the subway usually get pushed on the tracks. They get run over. They don't get murked in the car. And I never like it's supposed to be like you could tell it's supposed to be like, um, I guess Halloween. Yeah. Right. But it kind of I kind of never got the feeling that it was. Like it was implicitly stated that it was Halloween. Like in the beginning, it was, yeah. But the whole time, it's a long Halloween weekend. It seemed like, <laughs> yeah. So I wasn't sure about all that. But I like the deception in the beginning of the movie with uh, Tony Ravioli. I thought that yeah. was really cool. You know, yeah. The how, opening like, was how very... he was going to go on his own killing spree, and then the other, the real killers got jealous, so they had to kill the. Family. I was like, I was like, this is kind of cool. Okay. Yeah, the opening was very scream. Like it was very obviously very scream, and it was very New York too. Like that, that's something I could see happening um, in New York City. Uh, so that was something that I liked. I liked how they did that, and yeah, and I like how they did it right away with the reveal. That was different, obviously. That you thought you're like, why are they revealing the killer now? Exactly. Obviously, we learned. We obviously learned that that wasn't the case. But um, I, I mean, I thought the cast. They're real. It's a really strong cast, and yeah. I feel like I feel like Barrera, um, Melissa Barrera, and Jenna Ortega, their chemistry together is really really good. And you, I believe that they're sisters. Like it's it, sometimes yeah. you have these these things happen. You're like, oh, it's you know, you can tell that, that they're just actors. But no, their their chemistry is excellent. Um, I like the growth that we saw in this in Sam's character. Obviously, she's she's uh, she kind of teeters on her crazy side a little bit. And you, they kind of show that a little bit more in this one. Uh, I thought the first one, she was just kind of trying to push it away, constantly trying to push that part mm-hmm. down. But this this one, she kind of embraces it. And she kind of accepts that it's part of who she is. Um, so I thought that was very well done, how they showed growth, showed growth in her character. And of course, in... Um, why do I always forget the sister's name? Um, the actress I know. Sam and... Yeah. Oh, Tara. Uh, Tara, yeah. So, um, Tara too, obviously, right? She's in college now. She's growing up, and mm. uh, the whole Chad relationship thing was kind of weird. I didn't. That kind of came out of nowhere. Were they like together in the yeah. first movie? Like I was like, no, that's happened? why. Yeah, um, yeah, I really like Chad and Mindy. Like I think they're the the Meeks Martin kids really kind of steal the movie for me, especially Mindy. Mindy's growing to be like one of my favorites. Like I love how, you know. She, uh, she, she, now it's like, oh, I missed a killer again. I missed a monologue. I, I was like, okay, Mindy's a part of this, but she's never really around. <laughs> um, and then like, it, uh, I like how Chad is the new Dewey and he's just constantly getting stabbed to death and not dying. So I, I appreciate that. Like you can see the similarities and you can see where the passing of the torch has been. Um, and I think it's been kind of effortless and I don't really miss Nev actually in the movie. Um, I do feel like the ending of the first one, if since we're, uh, well, let's say five, not the first one. The ending of five is a lot stronger than six, but I kind of feel like this movie around six is a little bit stronger than five. You know, I feel, I, I kind of feel that way. Um, I think six would be really, really good if the twist was just a little bit better. And uh, I could use a break for Scream right now because I kind of want them yeah. to, I think that, that was the problem. They went right in from five to six. Not that it is a problem because it's getting good reviews, but I think if you had a little bit more time to work on it, you'd probably work better on the twist. So I could wait a few years for that. And I'd really like to eliminate the whole Billy Loomis element. Um, the Billy Loomis Force Ghost is, it was really bad in five. It was less, it was less in six, 
but still, it's still there. And I'm like, he, first of all, he looks like he's 60. And like, yeah, Skeeter, the, Skeeter the, looks the, good. They are not, it's not that he doesn't look good. He just looks his age and they are not using the DH technology apparently that everyone else has. Um, but I could use a lot, I could use a lot less uh, Skeeter or Billy Loomis. Yeah, that was one of the, I was surprised that we saw him again. I didn't think we would get that again. I thought, she might be in, just internalized it in this one, but I guess they laid it out in the first one, so they're going to keep using it. Um, it doesn't take me out of the movie, but I do agree. It's a little it bit do, weird. It does for me. It took me out of five a little bit. Like I was like, oh, God, what is these force ghosts? So, so yeah, it's a little strange. But I do um, – again, I do like that they're, they're letting – they're showing her character kind of still have that, that edge to her. I really hope Sam doesn't become a killer. I know they've kind of like teased it Jamie Lloyd style, mm -hmm. you know, like throughout the movie, like, oh my God, she's staring at the mask. She's staring at the knife. She's staring at the costume, you know, like. Right. The whole part, the whole time where she's in the shrine um, and she's kind of walking through and then she, she stops at each, she stops at his and she like stares at the mask. And then, yeah. then at the end when she comes, when they finally decide they're going to make their stand and she comes and she takes the knife out. Like it does, they do kind of tease, you're right. They do kind of tease towards her possibly being the killer in the future. I hope they don't. I, I hate when they do yeah, stuff that'll like be, that. Yeah, that'd be kind of lame. I'm not going to like it's that. It's such, yeah. It's what such did you think easy... of the twist? What was your opinion on the whole twist? Um, well, I didn't, I, like I said, I figured he was the character, but I didn't, I had no, obviously I had no idea he was, that it, that was his family. Uh, yeah, it was kind of weird. It didn't, it's not like I was like, oh my God, like they brought him back. It's kind of very screamish, right? Like they do mm -hmm. things like that. They, it's kind of a similar thing to what they do. So I wasn't surprised by it. Um, I wish it would have been different though. I wish they might've done something. It's always interconnected, but I wish they would have done yeah, something. Yeah, it, it, that's the whole thing. Like, how do you connect it? Like I, I actually kind of think that the Scream 3 twist was a lot better than this. I think the Roman Bridges being the bastard child of, uh, you know, uh, what's her name? Um, Mrs. Uh, Prescott, yeah, Maureen. Prescott. Maureen Prescott was actually a much better twist than this. So Roman can live on now as not a little over the worst twist, which I, I kind of appreciate because I do dig Scream Three. Um, I thought I always, I always thought that that Scream Three had a really good, like the story was very good. Just yeah, the problem was it just it came it came out at, a, at the wrong time. It came out like right after Columbine, so they yeah. They didn't want teenage killers and blah blah blah, and you know, I just they they dumbed it down a little bit. It's almost more of a they comedy. Did. They did. It's Scream Three almost has more in common with Scary Movie than it does Scream. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair. You know, it's That's almost fair. a parody of itself. So, seeing that this is straight out of Gotham, and we're both we both live in the New York area, uh, what did you think of the New York element? Did it add anything for you? Yeah, uh, I dug it. I appreciate it. Um, it was cool. Um, I was surprised at how many shots they found, I guess, that were supposed to be in New York that reminded me of Woodsboro. Like, there are a lot of shots. Like, when they were coming out of the police station, like, it just gave me vibes of Scream again. When they were yeah. on the college campus, it just gave me vibes of Scream 2 again. Right. And, uh, you know, I believe both of those were in California. Right? Woodrow in California, I believe the college is in yes. California as well. Wherever she went to, that fake university. If it was fake, I don't remember. But, uh, you know, it was fine. I enjoyed the subway stuff. I enjoyed New York City in the, Hall in the Halloween era. Like, that was cool because, like, you know, been there. You, you, you've been there. You've seen how the city gets like that. Like, 
you know, you've seen guys walk around like pin. You see guys walk around like Pinhead in, in you know, in not right. only October but July. It's New York City. Like people walk around. You, you could legally walk around topless if you're a woman, and no one will give you shit. Like it's legal to do in New York City. Um, you know, so you could do anything. Um, I thought it was fine. I thought it looked like New York. I thought they did a good job. I don't know if they actually filmed on location or whatnot, but I was I was into it. So uh, that that didn't bother me. Um, I appreciated one of my favorite uh, kills was actually one of the most New York kills was probably the uh, the ladder across the buildings. I thought that was pretty cool. Yes, I was like, thank um, God you guys don't have any fat friends because that ladder would be Yeah, that that was one of. Yeah, that was like you said. That's very New York. How it's they, they put a ladder between two apartment buildings yeah. and going across. The, that was yeah, that was very good. The New York element for me, the thing that I like the most about it is, if you've ever been in the city, if you lived, worked, lived, whatever, um, there's a certain energy that the city has, and you you feel that in this movie as well while you're watching it. Like there's constant tension because if you you know you're if you're a New Yorker, you live here, like so you've been here you're always kind of on the move and on the go and there's constant tension in your body. So I felt that in the film and I feel like, yeah, New everyone's got a, a place to be and everyone's more important than you. <laughs> it, seriously. So you kind of get, th that's why like you were right before, like how could nobody notice, but it's New York with me to get killed on the subway. But it's New York. Uh, I, I think the subway is just too confined of an area for that to go down. Like when Tony Ravioli kills the professor in the alley, I think that's perfect. Like, of course yes. nobody saw that happen. Nobody heard it. Cause there's too much noise and whatnot. Like, that was like the perfect New York City kill. The subway I thought was, it was. too much. It was that yeah. The beginning, like I said, is very because in a crowded City. subway like that, everyone's standing. No one can do anything. No one's getting out. Like there's no, no one's letting you move. Like there's no way you're getting to Mindy to begin with. And it's As so weird. Someone who's I've ridden done, the subway, you know that's yes. impossible. And I've done subway. what she did. I've done what she's done. Like goes towards the back door and lead back just so I can see everybody. Yeah, like I've done that before. <laughs> <laughs> many times so it's very relatable like i said that's part two it's very relatable uh if you live in the area so that i love that element um of it so i mentioned kirby before obviously she's one of the legacy characters they brought back for this what did you think of kirby's growth and i enjoyed kirby's little arc there i was for a while i kind of believed she was the killer Mm -hmm. You know, for a little bit, I thought that was a good little red herring there. I was really impressed with it. Um, I'm glad she's back. Uh, I'm glad that, uh, she, you know, legacy characters didn't get killed, her and Gail Weathers, apparently. I thought that was great. Um, I like that they broke some of the rules. I'm glad they didn't kill Gail. Um, Gail's mm -hmm. my favorite. I, I feel like Gail is too important to kill because of all, because she basically documents everything that happens within Woodsboro and all these killings. I feel like Gail is such an important character. And even she kind of got used by the cop in this one, which, you know, she's kind of slipping a little bit. She's got, you know, she, in her little bougie New York City apartment, she's not the hard nosed reporter she used to be. But, um, man, Courtney Cox. <sighs> she has some work to, oh, my God. That poor woman. She used to be so beautiful. And now she's full on chipmunk. I know. So sad. She doesn't. She doesn't, but uh, she rocked it though. That action scene she did, I was, I was like, kick it some ass. Yeah, like her, and yes, then her, her unnamed fight. boyfriend had to bite the dust. I was like, oh, dude, you're dead. Like, why are you dating? I know. <laughs> her, her, her fight scene. I guess I'll call it a fight scene because technically that's what it was. It was incredible. Oh, it was. It was. I don't know if she good. did her own stunts or whatnot, but like whoever it is, kudos to that stunt person or if it was Courtney Cox herself. But fantastic job running around that apartment on the ledge. Uh, the balcony over the couches, uh, really good stuff with the gun. I, I was really impressed. That's probably the most we've seen Courtney Cox do in a screen movie since two. 
right? When she's running yeah. around trying to hide in the sound studios. And what did you think of, of how she wrote another book? Like, she wrote, she, I loved it. She I, would, I, I saw on a picture, someone made a bunch of like dust jackets to fake Gail Weathers books. I would buy these dust jackets just to have them on a shelf and wrap them around real books. Like I'd go to Barnes and Nobles and find books that fit Gail Weathers fake book jackets and have them fill out my book, uh, my bookcase. Cause I think that's good. I would buy Gail Weathers books in a heartbeat. Like I wish, Oh my God. Like that, that's, that's, you know what, if they were smart, they would have someone write Gail Weathers books. They would, they would be cool to have like a tie in to, with her books. Yeah. I agree with that. Like it's yeah. a, actually write the Woodsboro murders and exactly. I don't like, know what this one was called, but yeah, just have something. like, that would be fun. I, I think screen fans would buy them. A heart. You, got, you got people buying Kurt Cobain's journal. You think people want to buy Gail, Gail Weathers books? People buy the weirdest things. <laughs> Jacob's watching. He likes it. Yeah, she did. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, you know, even with all that Botox, she's still pretty hot. <laughs> yeah, she did. Um, so yeah, her arc again was great. The, the punch, like when they when they had um Sam punch her and she blocks it, and then Tara comes and hits her. That was cool. Too. Yeah, it was corny until Tara hit her. I was like, oh, that was great. Big. I was like, okay, cool. I see what you guys did there. <laughs> and then they brought it back. So like, You're not sorry. Like, no, I'm not. I was like, yes. Yeah, like she's. This. It would. It would be. Um, it would be sad if they took her out of it. Uh, I don't know. And I didn't. I it's, didn't miss Sydney, and I appreciated what they did. They just Sydney's in hiding. I was like, finally, thank God, Sydney's yeah. gonna be safe. Yeah, I, I, I've spoken to other people about this. I think she will be back for the next one, but uh, I do. It, I didn't miss her like I thought I would. There were certain elements where I was kind of like, oh, it would have been cool to like have her here for that, but. They the story it's so unconnected to her. Yeah, her story would only still be with Sam, and I guess because she's Billy's daughter, like that would be her connection there. You've got but to find some way to one. connect it to Sam and Sydney, and I think yeah. they did that fine for the first one. Yeah, but I don't know how uh, how this one would have connected to Sydney, so it's probably all for the best. Yes, uh, and it was weird. I I kept watching the movie, and after watching the movie, I kept thinking like, was there a time where I Actually, Miss Sydney Prescott not being there. It really wasn't. No, that's because um, Berea and Ortega do such a fantastic job as survivors, yep. final girls. You know, like yep. I think the passing of the torch is really, like I said earlier, really well done between uh, the new cast and the old cast. And you know, I'm well, I'm bummed out that Dewey died. You know, it, Dewey was you know supposed to die in the first movie, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah, it's been a long time coming. And actually, the same was true for uh, Chad. He was supposed to die in five. But they didn't. So he's actually been. He's actually the new Dewey, and I just love that, everything that the Martin twins bring to the movie. Like I love Mindy's monologues and her speeches, and she brings so much energy. Like I love that. Well, she's show. Randy now, right? Like she's basically, basically yeah, Randy yeah. Here. You know, I, yeah. it makes me want to check out Yellow Jackets. Ah, it's yeah, a TV show true. she's in. Yeah, um, the one, the one, not kill that bothered me was Chad. Like, come on, <laughs> he basically stabbed the crap out of him. They did, but it, I, I don't know. It's just, you know, I'm glad he's not dead. I'm, I'm happy he's, he's not, not dead, dead too, not. but after it, I was like, all right, come on. Like, there's always one in every movie that I'm like, all right, they really, really did that. And that was his, this one. He better um, have like a, a limp Dewey style next movie. Seriously, there better be something wrong. There better be something weird going he's on. He's got to have some physical deformity now. <laughs> with the character, because that was just like, come on. Yeah. Um. But no, like like as we talked about Kirby, she was badass. Uh, I love her the the arc they gave her. FBI, she she works the FBI. She's FBI agent now, and 
uh, she's still like that whole experience because you remember her in, in four how she was how that whole experience kind of changed her yeah uh, changed her character so it was cool to see her added as growth and I'm a big fan of Hayden Pinatier so it was good to see her back in something because I haven't seen her in anything in such a long time so it was nice to see her back on is the she still da- is she still dating the Klitschko I don't think so I don't know though that's such a weird pairing she's like so tiny he's this huge dude crazy like- pairing <laughs> oh, see, they should have put Hezbollah in the screen film. Of course. Oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, all right, where's the next one I want to go? Okay. Where do you think it goes now? I have no idea. I think it needs a break. All right. I think it needs a break. I think that's what it is. I, I have a feeling they're going to rush the next one, but I think it needs a break. Do you think they'll go back to Woodsboro? Do you think they'll pick another location? Uh, I wouldn't mind going back to Woodsboro because I like the suburbs. I like I, I just I like slasher films in suburbia. That's that's fun right. for me because you don't normally think of it. Um, you know, in real life, it feels like that stuff doesn't happen in, in the suburbs. Uh, I, I don't know. I just I I'd like a break because I want if there, I want seven to be epic because I don't feel like five and six were epic at all. Like I just need something big to go out of, you know. Yeah, I mean, if that's the end, if that's truly going to be the end, is, is they're going to do another trilogy and this will be the end of it? I agree. It's it's kind of got has to be big. Uh, you know, any other living characters they want to bring back, they might. I'm happy they didn't bring back Stu because I'm glad he's dead. Like, yeah, but then they like one of the they were like, is he dead? Like Mindy even questions it. Like, oh god, Stu's the next killer. Like, I was like, come on, we should yeah. have tried to like. I, whatever way they figure out how to bring Stu's not going to work, so I hope they don't do it. See what they listen. That's the thing I like about these two directors is that they 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 listen to the fans because this has been kind of a rumor for a long time, and they used that in this film. Yeah, it was cool. And then they just deaded it, right? Like they just like, no, he's he's dead. But it was cool that they actually put that element in. Uh, they actually paid homage to that element in the movie uh, because it was a big thing that they uh that had been talked about the other thing that that was interesting to watch and that they kind of that i kind of knew about i didn't know about but our friend reno told me about this the original plot for five is very similar to the plot for this yeah um right do you know the original plot no i don't all right what they were going to do was try to frame sydney as the killer uh in five um, and which is pretty much what they do in this one, right? Mm-hmm. Like they do that with Sam. They want to frame Sam as the killer. So they, and it was also in New York. Like it was very, the, the original plot was very similar to what we got in this film. They tweaked it obviously a little bit. Um, but that was the original story that they were building for the original after four. If four would have done better and they, they stuck with that cast, it would have been five. Uh, so maybe that's why they brought Kirby back too, because she was probably going to be in that one as well. And they just did that. So that was an interesting thing. But again, they these two directors, I feel like they pay, they really understand the world, the screen world. They understand um, the characters very well. And they understand what Wes, Cra- Wes Craven was trying to do. And that's why both these films for me have worked. I really have liked both of them. Uh, they're back to back for me uh, in, in my rankings. Uh, so... I'm very, very happy that we're getting more screen films. And this one, again, was was out for me, was a very worthy addition. Yeah, it was good. I give it like, it's like a you know, B. I give it a B. It's not bad. It's not great. It's not up, you know, but um, it's good. I think it's good. 
I would rewatch it. Yeah, I'll definitely, I'll definitely rewatch. If someone said they wanted to see it, like told me, hey, I want to go to the movies and see Scream. You know, do you want to come? I'd go. Yeah. It's not like we're like, nah, I saw it already. I'd definitely go again. No, I so, don't know. Yep. All right. So you think it needs a break? And More than two years. Like, it two. seems like at least four yeah. years. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with that. I think we need to let this marinate a little bit. Because I don't know how else, like, where else are you going to go? Like, what's the connection to Sam here? Like, who, who like, who is she pissed off? Because it right. seems like she's like, trying to hide. <laughs> yeah, like, we don't, exactly. Every yeah. time she's like, because that was her whole thing in this, we're leaving. We're leaving. We're leaving. Which was the smartest answer. And I'm like, why are you? Yeah, exactly. I'm like, we know you're not leaving. So why are you saying you're leaving? Like, that's the one thing I'm like, I understand they're trying to make it as real as possible, but. I would have kind of stunk uh, if she left and they just left the movie with, with everyone else. That would be kind of weird. All right. So let's let's roll into our news because we have gotten to have a little bit of a tie-in here uh, with, with Scream 6. Jenna Ortega uh, apparently is in talks or going to be in the Beetlejuice sequel. Uh, so... There you go. We're gonna have her, and obviously Michael Keaton's coming back, so that's another Michael Keaton train that keeps going. Yeah, I think this is gonna be huge. I think because I think if the Flash, I'm sorry, if the Flash is as big and as huge as they say it's gonna be, I think that this is gonna give us a lot more Keaton stuff. I expect to see like a Batman Beyond type movie in the future, and I just with the resurgence of Keaton's career, really within these last few years, I think people are gonna ride this out. I think you'll see a lot of Keaton stuff. And this is good news because they've been talking about Beetlejuice 2 forever. So I'm curious as what uh, Miss Ortega is going to be able to bring. I wonder if she's going to fill the roles of uh, Christine. Who was, was it? It was Winona Ryder. I don't know what I was going to say. I think Tim Burton and I say Christina Ricci. Um, yeah, I think. You know, well, she plays Wednesday in yeah. the show. That, I, think I got confused. Yeah, so. Um, yeah. so we'll see. I, I, that'd be cool. Um you know, the first Beetlejuice is obviously classic, and uh, I don't know if Mr. Baldwin will be able to reprise his role. <laughs> yeah, he's got we'll some see. other problems in his life. Yeah. Right now, so, um, so we'll see. I, I don't know. Like, it, it could be a whole new cast of characters. It could be very well uh, a requel, as they like to call these things. But uh, as long as Tim Burton's involved, I have a lot of faith in it. Yeah, so this is an interesting call out. Again, adding her to the cast could only help. She's she's on a roll right now. She's been in a ton of movies. Uh, the Scream, she's kind of like a new Scream queen anyway. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of cool to have her in there. So yeah, so we are going to have more Jenna Ortega and we're going to get more Beetlejuice. Uh, man, it's crazy. I never thought I'd hear that phrase come out of my mouth. <laughs> but Really? I, mean, I feel like it's going to happen sooner or later. They've been talking about it for so long. Yeah, but I didn't feel like Michael Keaton would want to do that. I didn't think he'd want to be Batman again either. So there we go. I mean, clearly, I don't know the man. Actors have those. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, he has that nice ranch in where is it, Wyoming or Montana or somewhere. Uh, yeah, I think it's Montana. Yeah. Yep. So he has he's got bills to pay. He's got animals to feed, probably, and all that going on. So. <clears throat> All right, let's stick. Uh, let's see. How do I do this? All right, yeah, let's go. There's a little bit of news that came out about the film rights. 
<clears throat> excuse me, the film rights to uh, Hulk and the Morgue from Universal uh, going back to Disney. Now, we had mentioned this, I believe, in a couple of shows ago, that because of the, the Hulu issue, the Hulu sale issue, that it'd be possible that that could happen. So, um, yeah, apparently that's something that's on the table, according to Bob Iger. He's he's looking at every he says everything's on the table with the Hulu sale, and this might be one of the ways that that the MCU can get the rights to Hulk and the more back, and then obviously do a Hulk solo film. So, Pete, as someone who has not loved the MCU's interpretation, does this new what does this news do for you? Uh, it doesn't really do anything for me, uh, to be honest, because I feel like they've been trying to do this for a long time, and I kind of feel like they've given up uh, on at least a Hulk solo movie, um, it, just because I, I think they're finding some success with him popping up in cameo roles. I just, I, I just don't see the MC, this as a need for the MCU. I, I, if if they valued the Hulk, let's say as much as probably they should, this would have been resolved a long time ago. You know, I, I think the Hulk could be a huge, huge draw. Um, uh, and, uh, you know, they just have it's the one character where they, they, they didn't find like they found his niche and then they never did anything with it. Right. Like it's just like, OK, it, it, this is what it is now. It's cameos. You know, he's not going to be a main star. He's just going to he's going to be part of the team. He'll pop up and maybe that's good enough for them. But I, you would think making a Hulk movie would be a priority unless, you know, between Ang Lee's movie and Norton's movie, they just there's just not enough buzz. I don't know. Maybe the Hulk is, you know, the MCU Superman where no one really cares anymore. So it's like, why are you guys keep making movies? Which baffles my mind. I think the Hulk is one of the bigger Marvel characters out there. You'd think he would be a huge draw. Um, And we'll see because we've never actually seen this version of the Hulk uh, in a solo film, right? Like the Banner, the Banner version, the the Norton version is a little bit different, even though they're supposed to be the same character. Um, they feel right. like different versions to me. I don't know. I'm sure Kowalski will say otherwise because he loves to argue with me. Um, but uh, yeah, like they, just, they feel like different versions of the character between uh, Ruffalo and Norton. So I'd like to see a Hulk solo movie. I'd like to see what he was doing in space at the end of She-Hulk. Will we ever really find out? I mean, we just we know he's been getting it in because he's got a kid. But um, <laughs> that's that's about all we know really about the Hulk is he's just getting it in with aliens right now. Yeah, I kind of hope they do, just because I'd like to see another Hulk, a solo Hulk film, or at least they, at least the, it'll be under their their eye to do what they want with the character and not be restricted. Isn't that what they did in, with Norton though? Like, like, yeah, I don't know what I don't know what the agreement was for that though. I don't remember what the agreement. I was also pre Disney, you know. Disney didn't own them at right. that time either. Right. So. Like you said, we've seen this. We know how it's worked out with Sony, obviously, and Spider-Man uh, working out this relationship. So the easy question was always like, well, well, then why can't we do this with the Hulk? Like it would make more, it make a lot of, makes sense that you can do the same kind of situation. But Universal is not Sony. <laughs> exactly, Universal is not Sony. So it'll be interesting. But the whole Hulu thing and the sale of it and what's going on with there, the whole that kind of is, is why. They have I'd like to know the deal now, though. Like, does does Universal get any cut of anything, or do they get paid out for every Hulk appearance? Like, how does this work? I'm I'm curious as to what the deal is. Like, we know we got we got a vague idea of how the Sony MCU deal is between box office and then you know Sony. I think was Sony gets a cut of the box office while Marvel gets all the merch. Uh, Disney and Marvel get all the merch rights because I believe they own Hasbro and something like that. But um, 
I'd be interested to see what the Hulk deal is. I, I don't ever expect to see Namor in a in a solo film. I think they've said that as much. Like it's, it's yeah, I don't either. A long time. Yeah, I don't. I wouldn't think we'd see Namor in that kind of a um, a kind of a film. But again, they have that option if this does go down. So this has been again, this has been something that's been going on. It's crazy how Marvel sold their the rights to these guys when because they were basically in financial ruin and they were trying to like, dig yeah, out of it. It's like 1996, yeah. Yeah. And then I mean Blade and then look where they are now. It's a cra- it's crazy to think about all of this and how it's all unfolded in the last 20 25 years or so. Uh it's been it's a cool story. I'm sure there's actually a show that's going to be on this I believe on the Vice channel mm-hmm. where they're going to be talking about how all this happened and and how the why the MCU is what it is now. So it's gonna be interesting to see this unfold. But who knows, guys? We might MCU might have the Hulk sometime in the future. And then we maybe we'll see more than just uh, once the X-Men come aboard, I don't think the Hulk is even gonna be I think the Hulk's a total afterthought. Like as soon as the X-Men come on, there's so many X-Men, there's so many stories you go with that. That's just gonna carry the MCU for the next 20 years. Probably. I mean, they have so many characters and it's already a beloved franchise. People know the character so well from if whether you read or not from the movies so you're probably right you're probably right and then fantastic four too so we'll see we'll see well one thing we know is coming which is the next movie that comes out this week actually is shazam fury of the gods i'm pumped um, i watched shazam last night it was great yes i am too i'm looking forward to this uh the haters can be quiet i don't care <laughs> i'm going to see it i want to see it so but apparently the costumes and the suits are not comfortable. <laughs> Adam Brody uh, recently spoke about it. They were asking me questions. He's like, you don't feel naked. You feel bulky. You're in a bunch of stuff, you know, and it's more like you're going to the Met Ball or something. <laughs> he compared it to the Met Gala. That's really funny. Yes. <laughs> so he said for the first one, um, he said the first one was easier. No, he said this one was easier. A lot bulkier and more uncomfortable. And they were also in Toronto in the winter, so the big scene was all in the water. And at nighttime, it was freezing. It was most uncomfortable it's ever been. <laughs> so yeah. So apparently, though, I mean, they don't look comfortable. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, like, you see these suits. Keaton was wearing solid rubber back in the day. I'm sure they've improved. But, I know. Um, yeah, I mean, if you look at the first ones, they all look like Michelin men, right? They're all kind of poofy and puffy. They all kind of yeah. look like Affleck and BVS. Um. Yeah, it's just funny. I hear these guys complain like you get you got paid like how many millions just to put on this suit? Like, give me a break. You're not Jennifer Lawrence, right? You're not getting body painted for seventeen hours. That's true. So, that is true. You know, you know, take what you get. You put you put on your onesie and your weird looking boots, and you go fight yeah. a green screen dragon. I'll That's what Zachary Levi called it. Yeah, he called it a onesie. I remember. Yeah, it's like wearing a onesie. So, but yeah, I mean, they don't at all. They just look like these skin tight things you can't move in. So I, I totally understand. I totally understand the, the complaint. But hey, if someone was paying me money to play a superhero, I would wear it. Be fine yeah, with that. Me too. Would not argue. And as we spoke about a little bit last on the last show or the last straight of the Gotham podcast, we spoke about how Helen Mirren broke her hand on Yeah. Um, she broke, broke her finger. Broke her finger. Broke her finger. Apparently nobody knew about it until the end. Yeah. Yeah, she she kind of she hit it. This woman is seventy seven years old, <laughs> and she's hiding it. That's fantastic, man. Um, 
Oh, I, that, that she's one of the reasons why I want to like because you guys are similar in age. This movie. Huh? You guys are similar in age. <laughs> yeah, I'm not that old, not yet, not yet. But um, yeah, it's interesting. So she talked about how she kept the secret, why she kept the se- the secret, and she said, when you're in, the, in that stunt world, the stunt people are so brave, and you want to be accepted by them. So she did it to kind of fit in and suck up to the stunt people. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. I so wonder how much cool. stunt work she did. Yeah, she's very know. close with her stunt person. I know. I don't know. I have no idea how much stunt work she did, but um, we're gonna see. If we see if we see if she cringes any a little bit if they miss it in editing. Ah, uh, look. I don't even know which finger it is. I, I feel like I want to look at it for the movie. <laughs> yes, you're right. That's Craig, by the way. I know it's his Facebook user. That's Craig. Craig Harlow. Yes, Craig. You're correct. Um, hundred percent correct. You guys are strong people with your tea and crumpets. I'm sorry, Craig. Lauer hates Robin. Uh oh. I hope he can make it. He's supposed to be on, guys, but he had work stuff, so apologize for that. But all right. So outside of Shazam, and we're gonna talk. We'll talk a little bit about this because I've actually watched every episode of The Flash season nine. I'm all caught up. Isn't it beautiful? I'm all there with you. I caught up. Uh, it's been CW. I'll say that. It's a very. It's been it's very, very CW. It's been a very CW. How about show. that Red Death, baby? Uh, Woo! I, that was interesting. I like that. Was very interesting. Yeah, how they did that was interesting. I was considering. I, I think the original Red Death sucked. I was like, oh, this sucks less. <laughs> That's like death metal is horrible, and then they do this. I was like, this is this is an improvement. At least it's not shout out, Bruce Wayne. Yeah, I will shout out to Javisha Leslie and um, Candace Patton for their scene in the last episode uh, in the apartment when the when the when blackout mm-hmm. and they had that scene between. Them. That was fantastic. There was that was good. Best- but every time like Javisha got hit with like lightning, she gave off this like op- operatic scream, and I was yeah. like, "Oh man, you are so daytime television." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like that, I keep things in perspective. When I say it was a good scene, I mean for the CW, right? So it was very well done. That was some really good acting there between those two. Uh, but it has Greg Gustin guys has filmed his last. It's sad. It's episodes. really coming to an end. It's really kind of yeah. a bummer. It's weird. I've spent mm-hmm. 10 years of my life with the flag. The flash is kind of, it's a huge part of my life. It's a decade. It really is from being announced on arrow essentially. Right. Like he had that first quick cameo. Yeah. And I tuned into that cause I, you know, heard rumors that, you know, Barry Allen was going to show up. So I'm like, well, if they're going to start doing flash, I have to pay attention to, to arrow. And now it's come to an end. And I was like, wow, this is probably one of the, the greater runs for a character and he gets no respect. Like people love Hugh Jackman, but like Grant Gustin gets no respect. And I, I know the show kind of jumped a shark within the last four seasons, but I was like, I don't know. It's still very comic booky and fun to me and it's harmless and I enjoy it. Well, it's not, I mean, um, I think he does get respect. I mean, when, when everyone was get talking about getting rid of Ezra Miller, everyone wanted him to just take over the, the job. So I think he gets respect from the people who watch the show. 
Uh, and he should. I mean, I think he's he's done a good job as the character. Uh, you know, again, I watched Arrow much more an Arrow fan, so I watched. I remember when he first came on the show, and they did the whole story right, how he got his powers. Everything is played out in that episode. Um, so yeah, it's very very. Uh, it's been very, it's been pretty true to the character. Of course, the CW takes a lot of liberties, which they always do. But I don't even know I've if the CW taking liberties as much as it was like Warner Brothers like restricts them, like. You know, they were never allowed to do anything with Wonder Woman. They had to get approval for anything in Gotham and whatnot. And she was like, you know, the Warner Brothers, remember when the time when the Flash started, was very uh, strict on keeping film and television separate. They were, yeah. you know, there was no crossing of continuity. Like if something was on the big screen, it was only on the big screen and not on the silver screen, you know, on small screen. So like something like Gotham was like an exception because apparently like no Batman, right? Like you got, you can get away with Gotham because no Batman, and you know the Flash was restricted within certain elements, and uh, which was fine because then you get other characters that you don't really normally see, like a character like Goldface probably doesn't appear on the Flash if it's a little bit more traditional to value. So it's true, I agree. But uh, Grant Gustin did say he just sent, he puts on he put a post on Instagram and then he made a little comment. He said, "I said goodbye to the Flash and my Flash family on Saturday." Very special day with moments I will cherish for the rest of my life. My family got to see my last shot as the Flash, and that's something I could 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 have never imagined nearly ten years ago, when I started this journey. Um, I got a chance to thank the crew who have worked longer hours than anyone can imagine, and are the reason we are able to accomplish 184 episodes of the Flash. More than anything, I'll miss chatting and laughing in between takes with so many of them. Regardless of how challenging this journey was at times, I know I left every single day at work for the last nine plus years. So, good for him. Yeah, it's a yeah. it's a good run. It really is. I hope to, I hope he pops up somehow in the Flash. Yeah, it would be cool if they put him yeah. in there. It's, um, I, I feel like it should be right. Like Ezra appeared on his show, he should appear in Ezra's movie at least once. I think it would be fine. It'd be cool just a post credit scene. You know that the Flash is having lunch. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we already know. It doesn't have to be anything about the movie. It just has to be like two Barry Allen's discussing craziness of their lives. Like, yeah. Something similar to like what we all want for like No Way Home, just kind of like the Peters eating a slice on top of a skyscraper talking about their day. Like, oh, who'd you take out today? Oh, I took out Dr. Octopus. And like, oh, well, I fought Hydro Man and Rhino. You know, like, it'd be fun to have Barry be like, yeah, kind of like the shawarma yeah. scene at the Avengers and yeah, like scene. oh, Captain Cold is really kicking my ass this week. You know, your master so annoying, like, <laughs> stuff like that over a big belly burger. Yes, or even well, a coffee did... jitters, like something, just something like that. Yeah, all of that would have worked. All that would work. I think it'd be fine if they did, but we'll see. Uh, that movie, obviously, we're we know it's coming now. It's it will be it'll be here in June, so we'll get all these questions answered at that point. The first up is Shazam. Yes, yes, but Batwoman also got some closure, right? So that's one thing she did. Yes, we got a little it was bit nice because they ended. You know, for those of us who watched season three, like myself, we know that the ending left on like some kind of cliffhanger zombie thing, and it was nice to you know we were like, oh my god, where's Batwoman? She's not there. She's she's MIA, and she comes back to save the day, as bats usually do, and. It was fun to hear that, that music kick in and see Jamisha just flying down with her red hair. It was just, uh, it was a sight to behold. And, uh, you know, I'm glad I got CW closure. Like it wasn't Batman, it wasn't Bruce Wayne, but it's all they have. So I'll take what I can get. Yeah. 
and it was it was good to see. like I said, I obviously didn't watch Batwoman as we everyone who listens to our show knows. Yeah, <laughs> and everyone it, knows we're not her. But okay. it was cool to see them kind of give her a, a just ending. So it, and it was cool. She like you said, she came in, she kind of saved the day as the hero um, in this one, <clears throat> even though she was kind of the villain too. So it was that was cool. And don't forget, uh, like this is the last CW show in the connected universe. Yep. Like once Flash ends, that whole universe is gone. Superman and Lois is a different world. Um, and tomorrow is the debut of Gotham Knights, and that's in yes. its own world. So haters, welcome. The club's it. open. Gotham <laughs> Knights premieres tomorrow. Can't wait for you to love it. They're calling it Super Night because it's the Superman and Lois premiere and then the Gotham Knights. Oh, baby, Gotham Knights. Watch out, Superman. You're going to fall to number two. Jesus. Harvey Dent's coming for you, baby. Anyway, I don't know about all that, but anyway. Gotham Knights, <laughs> baby. It's already better than the video game. Yeah. I don't know. I never played. Are you going to watch Gotham Knights tomorrow? <laughs> I'm going to. I You're going to watch Super Knight? You're going to get supered out? Yeah, I'll watch it. I'll watch it. I'm going to watch Superman and Lois, so I'll watch. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not going to change the channel. <laughs> yeah, I'll keep it on. I told you I was going to watch it, though. I told you. So it's. I can't. I mean, you're all in the CW at the end. I love it. So, dude, I started with it. There, from ashes to ashes, to dust to dust. Kowalski loves that saying. Love and love. Zeddy, welcome. Welcome joining us. Thank you for, for the support on your lunch hour. Oh, Eric's a German. He's not a Goomba. <laughs> what is the German equivalent of a Goomba? What are you, a Germba? <laughs> what do they call you guys? A Germba? <laughs> what are you, a Mercedes? Are you a, are you Beamer? What do they call you guys? I don't uh, I don't know. Golden Schlager. <laughs> is that even German? Is Goldschlager German? Yes, it is. Heinz gets velvet. <laughs> it is. <laughs> All right. Well, keep let's keep with the Arrowverse. We talk about the Arrowverse. As we know, one of the creators of it, um, one of the co-creators of it is Mark Guggenheim. And apparently he was not happy uh with how Peter uh Safran and James Gunn. Yeah, not me. <laughs> yeah, not you, Peter Safran. Okay. But I mean, he goes into how he kind of upset with everything. But the biggest thing I took away from it was, well, I'll read his quote. He said, the project, a live action adaptation of a seminal comic book series that made a significant impression on my psyche was more than a labor of love. He's talking about Crisis on Infinite Earths. It was a labor in every respect and a project where I spent every ounce of capital I had amassed in developing DC Comics related shows for Warner Brothers over an eight year period. I called in every favor. I used every chit. I burned every bridge. I even spent 10,000 of his own money. Afterward, my phone did not, in fact, ring off the hook or otherwise. Fans loved what we did. There were tweets. There were posts. There were memes. There was much discussion, all of which I was and remain deeply grateful for. Working on these shows, we always remind ourselves that the opposite of love was not hate. It was apathy. And no matter what, there was never any apathy except for, well, Hollywood. James Gunn announced that he assembled a writer's room to help chart out what the new DC universe under his and James Saffron's leadership was going to be. Suffice it to say, I am not among that group. I'm not particularly surprised. In fact, I assumed they would assemble some kind of brain trust to help facilitate what I assumed, hoped, would be a a vision as ambitious as the DC universe deserves. But I'll be honest, I would like to have gotten at least a meeting. So... He's I not think happy they're right on both sides, to be honest with you. I, I understand why Gunn wants to go with his own people, but I understand why someone like Guggenheim thinks he should have been included. You know, I just, 
I, I think it's weird that he spent ten grand of his own money. I thought that was yeah. weird. He said no, and he had to drop out his own cash. Like, that's weird. Um, but I feel for him. You know, he 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 created. He's a part of the Hourverse. He's a he had a good run on some comic books that I enjoyed. I believe it was Supergirl. Um, so you know, when Guggenheim was announced, I was like, okay, he gets it. He's a comic book guy. Um, he should have got a call. They should at least had a meeting, at least to say farewell. Thanks for your efforts. Blah blah blah. You know, because uh, he did do something pretty intense like you all want to complain about it and say it's not good and blah 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 but he created an entertainment berlanti did a a pretty epic job i think and with some minor characters you know the flash is probably the biggest name they got followed by green arrow and then you want to throw in smaller characters like batwoman black lightning uh various characters on legend of tomorrow and blah 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 you know i you know the cw i think is uh is kind of a, it should be uh, regarded as an achievement i think mm-hmm I agree. No, it should be. Like I said, for a long time, it was better than anything they were putting on the big screen. Uh, I used to say that, like, wow, this, you know, they're really doing a good job. Um, it was sad to he he summed it up though when he was finished. He said, simply put, the Arrowverse hasn't led to any other gig, so it feels, at least on a career level, that he wasted his time. And I don't think. I don't think so. He'll get a job out of this, yeah. definitely. Someone in TV yeah. will see what he was able to do across various TV shows uh, in one universe, blah, 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 and he'll get another shot. Um, I, I, he's just The problem is, is he wasn't looking for a job for nine years, so he doesn't really know if he's got a shot. But uh, right. I guess now he will figure it out, um, how good his resume is. Uh, but I think he'll pop up somewhere, you know, like come out. It didn't take him out of that long to find a job after he left Warner Brothers. And I, no, I think Guggenheim and Guggenheim could come back as a writer, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, it would suck to have to work your way up after, you know, basically running a, a, a show, running a TV show for a decade. But yeah, of universe, TV yeah. universe. Yeah. But, uh, you know, yeah. it, things are different in the WB now. So, well, speaking of we mentioned James Gunn, speaking of James Gunn, we know that he was writing. Uh, Superman Legacy, the the Superman movie that will be in the DCU, and according to Tom King, he's also going to be directing it. I called this a long time ago. You did, yes, when it was first announced. You were, you said, yeah, I don't think he's going to write something and not direct it. So you're, yeah, but I just think there's a lot riding on this. Like, let's be honest, this, there hasn't been a really smash hit Superman movie since Superman Two. Um, Superman's a big character. Warner Brothers needs to get this right. And who better? And a lot. I know a lot of people can be like, "Oh God, of course James Gunn gives the first DC job to himself." Like, well, yeah. Don't you trust yourself more than anybody else? This this first Superman movie. There's a lot riding on this movie. Bombs. Then kiss the rest of the shit goodbye. Just brutally honest. Like, you're 100 correct. You, you think Warner Warner Brothers is the most reactionary movie company in the world? Anytime something stinks, anytime something bombs, they go back and they get their hands on it because they think they can fix it and try to make everything retroactively better, and it never works out. So if Superman Legacy bombs, you can tell whatever's in production will probably get made and come out, but it'll definitely be all chopped up like we've seen before. So just expect that to happen if, if it is. And again, who do you trust more than yourself? The answer is no one. So it makes sense that he's writing it. It's going to make sense when he directs it. And uh, when it's a smash hit, we'll all know why, because it's James yeah i mean you're right and if i was he he's staking his reputation right now on being able to do this so if i was going to write a movie that's going to kick things off technically yeah and i have the ability to direct it i'm going to do both exactly so yeah so it makes perfect sense i think he fits perfectly for superman to be honest people want to argue that his tone his style doesn't fit superman i i totally the man is a chameleon 
The man can write kids' movies for Disney. The man can the man can write a horror movie in the Belko experiment, and and everything in between. Like I'm sorry, he can yep. do it all. Like there's nothing this man can't tell. You can't tell me this guy can't find the magic that Richard Donner found in, in 1978. And mm-hmm. you know, I'm sorry, like, I think he can. I think he's that talented of a of a creator. I know. I agree with you. I agree with you. And that's why he got this job. So, exactly. He's yep, proven so it. Let, yep. So let him do it. Let him have his shot. Let him make this movie. And I agree with you. I'm sure it's going to be fantastic. I really, I even just for what we know, the early parts of it and, and what the framework is, I do think there's a great story there and I think he could tell it. So let's, let's wait and see what happens. I, just, thing, I don't think it'll be as good as the, as the pilot for Rusty Pierce. Well, no, that's, I mean, Hey, this you know, about it's erotica it. at its finest. So yeah, it's definitely erotica at its finest. <laughs> you guys definitely want to check that out. I can't uh, wait for Eric to be at the erotica expo in Edison next out. year. Is <laughs> Eric 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 in a boot like oh the star of Rusty Piers and then Angela Wine, John and Michaels, Lisa Ann all around Eric, and it's like oh, nobody wants God. to see that. Trust me, nobody wants to. Uh, people, I mean, with the way they pay for your foot pictures, a lot of people would pay for this. This won't even go to Blu-ray. This will go to like direct to video. This will go right to Betamax. Yes, <laughs> like to Betamax. Anyone who wants to watch watch this, exactly. <laughs> Betamax. You're not going to find it anywhere. Uh, reputable. You got that Holzman tape? Yeah, dude, I got an HD Betamax. They're not wasting time. But well, yeah, you got it on so. Betamax? Yeah. <laughs> and if you run well, quality, I got Laserdisc. Oh, Jesus. Here we go. Anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> one project that people were freaking out about when this was announced originally as being uh, I don't want to say canceled because it wasn't. Or it was they didn't know what was going. Kind of no, no, no. You know what? Idiots who can't read headlines. Or articles. That's who you're talking about. Idiots. Idiots. Pure idiots. Well, fear not, people. Batman Cape Crusader, the the follow-up or the the sequel, I guess, to Batman the Animated Series, will be moving to Amazon with a two-season order. So not only we get a standalone series. I think the only thing he shares would be Taz and Bruce Tim. Okay. I thought it was... Yeah, even the artwork's different. So yeah, I think you're right about that. So... There we go. It's good. It found a home on Amazon. It didn't stop complaining. Stop overreacting. Read the article. Yes. Stop um, worrying. Look up a word or two in a dictionary. Um, know the difference between canceled and uh, for sale for licensing. Figure it out. Some of you, the loudest, most obnoxious podcasters on the planet, are idiots. Um, I'm so tired of your horrible reporting and your inability to read. So I just, I'm doing a lot of venting right now because uh, there's a lot of stupid people out there. Well, the, the cool thing that I like about that I've always liked about this story is it's it's being created by J.J. Um, Abrams, Matt Reeves, and Bruce Tim. So you have three pretty good guys overseeing this this thing, and yeah, it's coming, guys. Don't worry. Yeah, We're I'm excited. I can't wait to see it. Um, but uh, like I said, in the meantime, I'm just gonna enjoy some Gotham Knights because that's on TV starting tomorrow. <laughs> So, excuse me if I'm not a little upset about your cartoon just now. I've got Gotham Knights to watch. Well, we're also going to have a, a new Daredevil show to watch soon. And we have a couple of little bit of tidbits of information from that as well. So, Daredevil Born Again has landed a um, Dexter director, Michael Cuesta. I think that's how you say his name. Sure, um, that. And he will be directing, I believe, the pilot mm-hmm. episode. Didn't he also so we, direct some of the original Daredevil on Netflix? 
I believe he did, yes. Cool. So this guy knows what he's doing. The fight scene will be fine. Don't worry about it. Um, this guy gets Daredevil, and hopefully it'll be dark and miserable as the last show. In a positive way. I mean, miserable in a good yes, way. Like, I'm, I talking about, I'm talking about Irish Catholic guilt. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Like, I want Matt Murdock to be, you know, not, you know, he's not exactly a chipper person. And another bit of news that kind of lends to the theory that we're going to get some darkness is John Bernthal as Punisher will be returning as well. Man, can Marvel come up with an original idea anymore? So. <laughs> are they just are they getting that lazy? Well, I think I mean the the fact that they got so much backlash when they said those shows were ending when they kind of got control of it on Netflix when they ended them. I think this is the best way they can get the most best of both worlds to please fans and then start something new. So, but adding Burnthal's Punisher back to the back to this world is excellent because he said he wouldn't do take the role if they they changed it so much. Where yeah, it's not he's the character. very animate about that. Like he, he yeah. he's going to do Frank Castle his way, and I think his Frank Castle is phenomenal. Those I believe three seasons, the Punisher got on Netflix, and those are some amazing, amazing shows. Um, season two is one of the arguably best seasons of superhero TV ever. Uh, so I'm really yes. excited bringing Burnthal's back. I've been a big fan of him since Walking Dead. So he's uh, he's a great actor. He, no one play honestly like no one plays an angry asshole better than Burnthal. He's really it's true, man. He's yeah, he's he's really good. I mean, I've liked him in a lot of things. Uh, Wolf of Wall Street. Um, uh, many states in Newark. He was good in too. Yeah, he's, he's a really good actor in this. I enjoy him. Yeah, he's fantastic. So, so just yeah, great so. news. I I know I make fun of the MCU for for their recent le- uh, their legacy casting laziness, but uh, this is one of the good ones. This really is. Yeah, again, such a fan favorite. So it's just, it was such a fan favorite show. We're not getting Karen Page and and Foggy back though. We're not getting Deborah Ann Wall and I forget the guy who played. Let's Foggy. see where the show is. Like if uh, if uh, Karen's dead, uh, that you could easily do Karen being dead, and that's a big that's a huge part of Daredevil lore. Right. Um, and Matt and Foggy have been on the outs at times, so maybe this is one sure. of the times where they, you know, the bromance is broken up. So it, it's it's not crazy to not have them in in the story like i've i've read daredevil issues where foggy and matt have been not on the same page and kind of broken up for a little bit it's never lasts for too long but again then again we don't really know like how far down the timeline is this blah 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 like you know there's still quite the debate is this a continuation or not some people say it is some people say it isn't personally i don't care i just want to see it i don't give a shit where it falls in the timeline i'm so tired of Continuity. If you're a comic book fan, I, I like, like like I am. Like, who cares about continuity anymore? <laughs> like, I feel like you sh- if you're a comic book fan, you stop caring about continuity in 1986 when they did Crisis on Infinite Earths. Like after that, <laughs> and I'm like ah, I'm not worried about this anymore. But um, yeah, no, I'm not worried about that. I can't wait for the show. Um, I hope there's a big standoff between Burnthal, uh, D'Onofrio, and Cox, and they just beat the shit out of each other. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that kind of. Uh... Of a battle myself, so we're gonna see what happens. And hopefully, and, and and this is on Disney Plus. So again, like my main concern is, how bloody is the Punisher gonna be? Like, am I gonna see him? I'm sure I'm not gonna see the explicit shot of him shooting some dude in the forehead. But how much right. blood is uh, is the Punisher gonna get? You know, like uh, I'm curious. I'm very curious. I want to see how they tackle. Yeah, this. I'm with you on that. So. And this right, let's end. paved the way for Deadpool, Alien, Predator, all that stuff. Like, I'm very curious to see what Disney does with Fox projects and stuff like that, as always. So, 
Yeah, it is. It's definitely a fair question because we just don't know what, what they're going to do. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, how they go forward with this character. But let's end the show with a guy who's always fun to talk about. And I'm talking about Nicolas Cage. Uh, he's always a he's always a hot button <laughs> topic for people to discuss. Um, so he recently he was at the Miami Film Festival and he's accepting an award, a legendary a legend and groundbreaker award, which I didn't know even existed. Uh, but <laughs> um, so they kind of started talking about Marvel movies and the comic books and superhero cinema. So he said he's got to be nice about Marvel movies because he named himself after a Stan Lee character named Luke Cage, which I didn't know. <laughs> That's a cool bit of information. Um, so he says, what am I going to do? Put Marvel movies down? Stan Lee is my surrealistic father. He named me. This guy is great. He's always a great quote. <laughs> Sounds like he's uh, kind of opening an audition for himself. <laughs> yeah, I mean... He says he kind of understands the, the frustration about it, but he feels there's plenty of room for everybody in the MCU. Uh, but then he says, I don't need to be in the MCU. I'm Nick Cage. <laughs> like, what is going on with this guy? Uh, he's just a little wacko. He's having <laughs> he's fun. You know he is. Obviously, he was Ghost Rider, uh, which is not a good mm-hmm. movie. But Either uh, one of them. He, right. But he was Ghost Rider. But even uh, he also t- Yes. He also talked about um, not being able to play. Obviously, Superman Lives was the movie that he was, the Tim Burton movie that he was obviously going to play Superman in. And he talked about that he was upset about that. Uh, that he, he said it was more of an 80s Superman with the samurai black long hair. He thought he was going to be really different, sort of an emo Superman, but we never got to the, to the finish line with that. So thank God Superman Lives was not going to be a good one. <laughs> it was very weird. I remember the movie, John Steph's movie. Uh, that the death of Superman about. Lives, what happened? Death. Yeah, I remember that. The Some of the stories that they had, they were doing were really out there. Yeah, it was very interesting. Actually, Burton blames a lot of it on Schumacher. You know, and like at one point he goes, like, oh, this guy canceled my Batman franchise, and then he. And then he ended up canceling my, my Superman franchise with his bad Batman movie. Yeah, he did. So that's kind of funny. He does. There's kind of a lot of animosity on with between them there. And then, I mean, Kevin Smith had a draft of the movie, and there are a bunch of other people. Uh, yeah, and then the, the giant spider that uh, John Peters wanted ended up in uh, yeah. uh, Lava West, which is a famous story. Um, you know, and it, it's fun listening to. Uh, Kevin Smith talk about, you know, how he had a meeting with John. He walked into his house and, you know, he's like, I walked into his house and just reeks of weed. And there's this guy with this flowing mane of hair on the couch. And he's like, read me the script so I can visualize. It's just like, I was like, I would love to meet John Peters because he sounds like a fascinating man. He really does. From being Barbara Streisand's hairdresser, producing Batman, to basically being paid to stay off the set of every Superman movie in existence. You know, from Superman Returns on, like John Peters just, has got uh, gotten a check for Superman movies that he wasn't even involved. Like Nolan banned him from the set of Man of Steel, and he's gotten a check. He owns like some sort of rights to Superman film, so he gets some sort of check for every cinematic appearance. So he got a check for Black Adam too. So it's good to it's be John crazy. Peters. It is actually to sit around and get paid to not do anything. Yeah, it's yeah. I would love, like how do like how do you get a job in Hollywood to do nothing? That's kind of a cool thing, but that yeah, I mean. That movie would have been so talked about. Like, I can't even imagine if they had social media back then, like they do now. That movie. Because I remember seeing the poster for that movie. I was talking to Justin not too long ago. 
Uh, I saw the poster in a theater. It was a, the silver S split in half, and it said like coming like 1998. And I was like, oh wow, this is cool. Like, why is this silver and black? I didn't get it. Like, I was so young at the time, but you know, I remember seeing that poster out there, and it never got made. I wonder who has that poster. Some somebody worked at the Lowe's on Route One in like the early nineties or in the late nineties. <laughs> I guess. Yeah, maybe you should search for it. Maybe it's on eBay somewhere. Uh, they're hard to find. I it's great. I look. My cousin is a huge Mattingly fan, so I was able to buy her for her birthday not too long ago a reprint of the Hitman poster. You remember the old Matt with yes, him in the, tux, the pinstripe tux? Yeah. So it's it's not poster. the original. Someone obviously took a, like scanned it and just put it on their own paper, and I bought a reprint of it. And it was great. That's fantastic. Yeah, and it came in like cardstock, so it's not on poster paper, so it's nice and thick. I was like, wow, this is like impressive even for me. I'm happy. like, this is the best thirty dollars I ever spent. That's awesome. Because if you go All on right. the original poster, is a couple hundred bucks. Yep. I'm not paying that was a for piece of paper. I know. So awesome. All right. Well, we have to close this one down, unfortunately. Oh, sorry. I love how every Lauer time we do a scream show, Lauer can't do it. It's great. I know. He it's started he was supposed to. And it's like it's like a running gag. It's like why we don't have Wado on the show. Because <laughs> we can have, why would you have Garrett when you can have everybody else? I Garrett, that was Pete, not me. I didn't say I, that why would you have Garrett when you can have everybody else? I'm just saying. We don't need to spread vegan falsisms around here like this is fake news. Did you say falsisms? Yeah, vegan falsisms. <laughs> I don't think that's a word. I just made it up. I contacted Webster to be in the dictionary tomorrow. Email oh, sent. Boy. Yeah. Yeah, take I, that vegan. Sure. Eat your celery sticks in the corner. Guys, he, he, Garrett actually sent those pictures of him making meatballs. <laughs> For his children. His children <laughs> need protein. He doesn't feed so his like, kids soy milk, but he'll drink it himself. What's wrong with this guy? Oh boy, I'm so glad I'm not part of the the vegan thing. <laughs> you got enough but, no problems with yourself, Mister Foot Picture. But yeah, would you rather be a vegan or a foot picture? Oh, I hate feet. We gotta talk about this again, are we? Yeah, but you sell them. Like, what's your bundle right now? You get like what 20, 20 photos for fifteen bucks. What is that? What's the sale on Eric Holzman's OnlyFans? Don't. Uh, if you want to see, if you want to see his meatloaf, it's thirty five dollars. <laughs> And that's code for I don't even know what that is. Yeah, don't. Oh God. But if it's you actually meet, if you want the schnitzel, I think the schnitzel's fifty. <laughs> I think the schnitzel's fifty. We're gonna get bad. <laughs> you can't ban me for, for for schnitzel. I enjoy schnitzel's good stuff. I enjoy schnitzel. It is good stuff. Take that, YouTube. Oh, wow. <laughs> as long as you don't say the c word, I don't think they can uh, they ban us. Yeah, I think we're good. As long yeah. as we don't. As long as you don't say the c word. All right, we're going. We're, this show is going flying off the rails right now. We're about to crash into something. So flying off the rails, <laughs> Eric Holzman on my tails. Oh, Jesus! See you guys are getting a lot. I was watching American. I was watching American Idol last night. All I kept thinking was like, oh, man. Eric singing "Kiss from a Rose" in front of Simon Cowell. <laughs> I never did that, but okay. must have been so hot. Uh, anyway, all right, Pete. Tell them where they can find you. Uh, you, you can follow me on social media. That's Twitter, Instagram, Mastodon, and Zack Snyder's favorite platform, Vero, at Pete Illustrated. If you love Hasbulla like the rest of the world, follow my Instagram account. It's the largest Hasbulla fan page in the state of New Jersey. Hasbulla right now is in America. He's taking over the country, and uh, we should keep him here forever because he's, he's a gift from God. He really is. Three feet tall, 40 pounds full of magic. I love Hasbulla. 
Um, uh, let's see what else. You can follow this podcast, the podcast you're listening to right now on social media. That's Twitter and Instagram at straight underscore O underscore G. Uh, um, check us out on Facebook. We have a Facebook group and a Facebook fan page. Consider joining both Lauer and Garrett are both members of them. Uh, check out my other podcasts. I have an episode that dropped yesterday. Uh, the Italian Spider-Man Coalition podcast. That's Italians for Spidey. Uh, I do that with Nico Caruso and his father, and that's a lot of fun. We just talk Spider-Man there. Uh, at Team Yellow Oval, we're rounding up with the return of Keen and all that. That's good stuff. I'm on BatmanOfFilm.com and Batman of Film YouTube uh, with toy reviews, comic book reviews, movie reviews, all that kind of cool stuff. So check that out. Interviews I got uh, with Uselin and Tara Strong and Kevin Conroy. So that's fun. Check out that stuff. Uh, a lot of good stuff over there. Um, and yeah, just again, uh, if you want to subscribe to Eric's OnlyFans, it's at HolzmanChamp33. Um, and it's, 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 you know, it's a pay-per-view site. So you just pay for the content you want. It's free to subscribe. And, uh, you know, just if you want to help the show out, it would really help us if you bought some of Eric's feet pictures. Okay. Are we done with that? We're good. All set. All right. <laughs> you I guys can find me on Twitter. The other you guys know where to find me it's on Twitter and finally 33 spell for now at 33. As you see there on the screen, uh, if, as Pete mentioned, definitely check us out, check us out on Facebook, both our fan page. Actually, check out the fan page. The um the show page is just for information, it's just for informational purposes. And you can watch the, the live streams and get to the podcast there. But on the, the group, we have a lot of fun in there. I throw up random stuff, usually dumb stuff, but it's fun for me. I throw that up every once in a while. I'm getting, I'm getting a phone call. Oh, look, and then, <laughs> Right? He mentions that. Um, and then, um, again, a place where you can interact with us and other other fans of Straight Outta Gotham as well. Uh, if you're a fan of the New York Knicks, I do a weekly live stream every Wednesday night called All Nicked Up. So you're you're, you're watching here. This is not good, similar, not good for the world. <laughs> <laughs> similar way you're watching us be here you can watch me there uh, it's every wednesday night usually at nine o'clock or right after the knicks finish their game if they're playing that night when the buzzer sounds we go live it's me my buddy craig my buddy ty and we talk about the team everyone loves to hate in this area is the new york knicks so you guys can check us out over there um you can check out my content on batman on film as well i have interviews with rebecca romaine and jerry o'connell and uh, Megan Tandy and Rachel Scarston from from Batwoman, from Pete's favorite show, Batwoman. Check us out over there. Um, Titans reviews are up there as well. I will be reviewing it whenever the final half season <laughs> ends for Titans. You will find those there as well. Gotham um, might seem to be so much better. <laughs> check that out as well over there. And uh, yeah, thank you guys for watching us today. This was uh, fun. This was, this was nice. This was fun. Nice. We did this for an hour and he bailed on us. Yes, but it's okay. We'll get him on eventually sometime, hopefully. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> I will be rec- I will be posting this up as our podcast for this week, guys. So you will get this. You can also listen to this um, as a podcast once the show is done. So you can either watch it here on, on the page, any of the pages, our YouTube page. Obviously, if you're not subscribing yet, automatically subscribe. Anytime something gets posted, you'll get an alert ding, ding, YouTube. Ding. Yep. So do that over there. I will be posting it probably after I rip it. I'll probably post it tonight or tomorrow. So you rip it. And Rupert. <laughs> yep. And that is that. So unless you have anything else, Pete. Ooksis, mother lover. Ooksis. All right. So for that guy, Pete, and Ooksis, I'm Eric. You're watching SOG tonight. And we'll see you next time. Booyah. <laughs>